0: talk about healing, I want us to understand as we saw from that video, we're not just talking about a physical healing. Thank God for those. But healing is the package deal. It's a spiritual healing. That's the greatest healing of all is spiritually. There's physical healing, there's mental, there's financial, there's emotional, as Tamara mentioned, also relational with our families, those around us. Healing is every area of our life that needs a breakthrough, that needs a miracle, that needs God's hand. And there's certain teachings out there that I think have confused a lot when it comes to healing, which I call misdirected faith. It's the hyper-faith message. The hyper-faith message says this, don't claim you're sick. You don't say you're sick, don't confess that, because if you do, you don't have faith. No, hold on a second. You have faith, but that makes you a liar. Hello, I'm not sick, but yet I am. I'm not confessing something. I am stating something. And I'm not being a liar by saying that something isn't present in my life. And it makes me laugh because if I'm not sick, I don't need to be healed. Come on now. And I believe that there is truly power in our confession. And we need to watch what we say. We need to watch what we speak over our lives. I believe that. But you and I don't control the results. It still has to be a God thing. What do I mean by that? Look at this statement. I don't manipulate God with my words, but I rather invite him to come. Think about that. I'm not manipulating God and controlling God and saying I'm healed. He has to still be the healer. But what am I doing as I say, God, I need your touch? I'm inviting him. I'm opening the door and saying, God, I want you to come in and touch my family, my home, my finances, my relationships. I'm inviting God into the circumstances and the situations of our life. I know personally I've had questions when it comes to healing, many questions. I still remember a lady, Miss Alexis, and you've heard me probably talk about her. I was about a 14-year-old young man. I was visiting family in Georgia at the time, and I would come over for the summers and work, and I loved America. And I remember this lady. She was the most godly lady I've probably ever remembered in my life. If there was a prayer meeting, she was there early. She was there late. She never missed a service. Such a godly woman, wherever she went, she was telling people, loving people to Christ. And I remember this lady having cancer and I watched to see over a year when I'd gone back to England and came back and I saw someone so vibrant and someone so alive. And the next summer I came back, someone on their deathbed, but yet still crying out to God. And then one day when she passed away, I said, God, why is it that someone so godly, someone who believed and prayed for everyone else and saw so many miracles, why did she not get a miracle for herself. I've had to conduct funerals of babies, of young men and women who have gone well before their time. And the question's, why God? Why God? So what do we do? Trust Him still. I said, trust Him still. Turn with me to James chapter 5. We're going to read a few verses from James 5 today, our theme passage pretty much for the day. It says, Is anyone among you suffering? Then let him pray. If anyone is among you suffering, let him pray. If anyone is cheerful, let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Then let him pray call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. We believe in that too, anointing in oil. It's not the oil that heals you, it's a symbol of faith. It's a connection with God. We also pray over prayer cloths here. We believe that you can take those and lay hands on those and give those to your family. We believe, is anyone sick, that we can lay hands on them and pray. Verse 15, and it says, and the prayer of faith. Say that with me, faith. Faith. Come on, say that like you mean it, faith. Faith. And the prayer of faith. Now, please hold that word because we're going to discover again how key faith is to our spiritual life journey to our faith walk that God wants us to have and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the lord will raise him up and if he has committed sin he will be forgiven kind of a strange of twist right there that it goes from healing to sin if there's a committing of sin and then he goes further James writes further confess your trespasses or sins to one another, which kind of seems strange because, hold on, I thought we're talking about being sick and now we're talking about sin. But read on. It says, and pray for one another that you may be what? Healed. Healed. Say that with me. Healed. Healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That last part, New Living Translation says, the earnest prayers of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. James writes, if you're sick, pray and you can be healed. James goes on to say, if you have sin in your life, confess that sin. Pray for one another that you may be healed. This is a different healing that he's speaking of in these two verses. The first verse, he's speaking of a physical healing. The second healing he speaks of is a deeper healing. It's an inner healing that God wants to do inside of you that's bigger than just the moment. It's for your life and it's for your future. So we need to see this today for very important reasons. Point number one, if you're taking notes today, are you ready? God's way is different to mine. Have you ever experienced that in your life? That God's way is different to mine. Many times in my life, what I've thought needs to happen and how it needs to happen has been different to God. So what do I label God as wrong? That God, where are you? It's very easy to interpret that He's a bad God because He doesn't do the things and in the ways that I think and need Him to do. But you should be thankful of that, not tearful or angry or fearful of that. For what reason? Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 tells us, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. God says, nor are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, God says, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. In other words, you won't understand everything. You're not going to understand it all. You're not going to understand the differences because we think difference makes wrong but difference is not always wrong difference can be right when it's God so in other words i don't understand everything but what's my stance what's my position i've still got to trust him that's the walk of faith. That's what we as children of God are called to live. It's not what we see, but it's what we know. It's a walk of faith, a trust, a hope that we have in God. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, We must trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. Here's the problem, isn't it? When we think it needs to be done this way and this how we try to take the place of God, where God says, Would you just trust me and forget your words? Way, but in all your ways, what? Acknowledge Him. Is that easy to do? No. It's not easy to still acknowledge God as healer when you're sick. It's not easy to acknowledge God as deliverer when you're still struggling in your life. But the word of God tells us in all our ways, we must acknowledge Him. We must accept His plan and His purpose. Why? Because here's the promise and He shall. That's a promise that will happen. He will direct your path. He'll make straight or He'll straighten out the problems that you have in your life. But it's tough. It's tough when we have our thoughts and we have our ideas and we have our agendas and they don't line up with His. So we've got to see the why. We've got to see the question in all of this or really the answer to the question that we have because this is key for our lives. Are you ready? The things we don't understand must never make us doubt the fact that He is still God. In Hebrews chapter 11, it's labeled as the faith chapter. The names of men and women who find themselves in that chapter are incredible men and women who did incredible things for God. Heroes, they're called, of the faith. The last two verses, reading from the New Living Translation, Hebrews 11, 39 and 40, says these, And all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. Verse 40 says, For God had something better in mind for us. God had something better. You and I have got to see that in our lives because it's hard when it's not better because it's not happening as the way and the how we think it should. It's not better. Come on now. Can I have a witness in the house? It's not better when we don't have all the things that we should have. But we've got to remember, we just see the snapshot. We see the pain. We see the present where God sees the whole picture. Look at this scripture I shared with Chip and Nina. Chip and Nina buried their son just over four weeks ago in his mid-thirties. Isaiah 57 verse 1. Good people pass away. And the godly often die before their time. But no one seems to care and wonder why. It doesn't mean that they don't care about their life. What it is saying there is this, that so many times we struggle to accept God's way because we don't see it. We don't understand it. We seem to struggle because we don't see the real reason perhaps in the circumstance at the time. It reads on to say, no one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. You see, we don't understand they need to be here. But God says if they were here, you don't understand what's facing them in the future. My ways are higher than your ways and what you think I need to do. Can you just trust me? Because I've got your best interest and I want to do something not only with your life, but in your life. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. I heard the statement many years ago. And it's so true. We must refuse to allow the things we don't understand to take from us what we do know. I don't understand it all, but I know He's God. I know He's healer. I don't understand it all, but I must refuse to allow the things I don't know to take from me what I need to know and do know in God. God's still a healer. He's still healing people, and that's what I must know and trust today. Don't put yourself in the place of God. You're only going to drive yourself crazy. Because you're not God. I said because you're not God. Amen. And have you ever played that game, if I was God? <laughs> I had one preacher say this, if I was God, I would go to the children's hospital and I would walk every room and make sure every kid was healed in there. If I was God, I would do this, I would do that. Hey, they made a movie out of that. Remember, Bruce Almighty thought he could do a good job being God and answer all the prayers and he gave everyone what they wished and what they desired and what happened. Everything went crazy. It went out of control. Why? Because God's not looking to vacate his position. He's not looking to be replaced. He's still God and He's got it all under control. The problem is His ways, His thoughts, His way of doing things is different to ours. And we've got to accept the fact that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Here's the second point of this message. Are you ready? God is more concerned about your soul than He is your healing. God is more concerned about your soul, the state of your heart than what he is about the circumstances that are happening around you. Now, please don't jump to conclusions. Oh, you're just trying to make excuses. That's why you would say something. No, you don't need to excuse God. There's no excuse that needs to be made for God. He can defend himself perfectly well. And it doesn't mean that God won't heal you. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't care about you. That's not what we said. But there's something of greater importance to God than healing your body physically, for example. And that is that you are healed spiritually and whole. Back to our scripture, James five sixteen says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. This is the healing that God is talking about. A soul healing, a salvation, a deeper work inside of you. Our problem is this we're too body focused. What do I mean by that? We're too earthly focused. Where God is not bodily and earthly focused, he is soul and heavenly focused. God is driven by eternity. Let me prove it this way. Are you ready? You can be saved and love God. And you can be sick. But when the trump of God sounds, you're going to make it to heaven. Saved. Sick. Heaven. Got that? You can be unsaved and healed equals no heaven. Are, Are you with me? Unsaved But yet a miraculous healing takes place. But I'm not going to make it to heaven. What's the most important part? Salvation. The state of our lives. doesn't mean that God doesn't care about it after that. But what's the most important work is what we need to see in our lives. You see, when Jesus walked on this earth, his statement was clear. Jesus came to this world. He said, I've come that you may have life. His purpose and his mission was to be the deliverer. He came to give life, to pay the price for each and every one of us. He didn't come as a healer. Come on, don't look at me crazy. He didn't come as a healer. He came as a deliverer. Now he healed people. I said he healed people. And that's proof for those around us. He healed many people, but his earthly ministry wasn't to come here just to be a healer. He came to be a deliverer. How do we know that? Because when he healed people, he said to them, Rob, God has done something. I've done something in your life, but don't tell anyone of what's happened in your life. Why is that? Because Jesus didn't want to be mobbed as just a healer that people then would just want him for what they could get from him and they would miss the whole point is he wanted to have relationship with them and it wasn't about what I do for you. God wanted to be in relationship and be at one with us. He wants to be our deliverer. So what are you saying, Pastor Philip? Oh, he's still the healer, but his first purpose for our life is for the state of our soul and for our faith walk. Why? Because there's something greater than sickness. There's something greater than financial struggles. There's something greater than problems in my marriage and in my home. And that is this eternity, 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 eternity. God's not as earth focused as we are. Again, so he doesn't care about my needs. I never said that for one moments. But He is more concerned about your eternity and the faith that's been built inside of you. Are you still with me today? I know you may say, well, Pastor Philip, this isn't really the message I wanted to hear today. I'm telling you, it's the message you need to hear today. Stay with me today. Healing or not, I must still trust Him. Because He's never a bad God. He's just ever being God. And He's better at being God than what I give him credit for many times. So here's the last part of our message today. The goal of healing. What is the goal of healing that he wants to bring? What is the purpose of meaning, or what is the purpose of healing in my life? Are you ready? The goal of God in healing your life is one word, process, process, process. What do I mean by that? God is about process and not results. You've gone quiet. that means you're really listening. I like it. I like it. We're different to God in this. You know why we're different to God in this? Because He has different thoughts. Remember, we already know we're different. But we tend to be result-driven. I want this. Good God. Do this. Good God. We result. We go from one result to the other. So we're result driven where God's not. God is process driven, which is a massive, massive difference because he's not just interested in getting you the result. He's interested in how you arrive at the result. Do you see that? And he is more concerned about your arriving than your arrival. Because your arriving is what's going to determine your arrival. I know this may be a little bit deep today, but just stay with me today. Because his goal is the process. Why? Because when the process is correct, the results will always be what they need to be. But when you get results, it's not going to determine the right process. Come on now. Process will always produce result, but result doesn't produce The process. It's faith that produces the results. Works does not produce faith. Only faith produces works. And let me prove that to every one of you. If right now God granted every one of your prayers, we probably wouldn't talk to him for at least two months or until another problem came up. Good God, thanks. Don't need you anymore. Thank you very much. God is more concerned about what's happening in us than what's happening around us. God is more focused on what's taking place within you. Oh, he cares that you're sick. Don't get me wrong. But we can go to heaven sick if we're whole inside. He's more concerned about what's happening in us than what's happening around us. Oh, we like the results, but God wants the process. Because it's the process that James speaks about that can do a healing like no other inside of our lives. So, the goal of healing is this to produce faith inside of us. And that's the true healing. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. What do we need? Faith. How do we get faith? Through the process. And without faith, it's impossible to please God for he, you and I, each one of us, when we come to God, we must believe that he is, that he is what? That he is God, not just my healer, because if I just believe he's my healer and he doesn't heal me, I've got some problems because I'm doubting him and I'm questioning him. Come on, I'm not just believing what he has done or what he hasn't done. I'm believing because that's my problem. I'm believing who he is, that I believe that he is and I must understand this, that He is a rewarder of those who what, diligently seek Him. The message Bible says it's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that He exists and that he cares enough to, to respond to those who seek Him. Just because I don't see it happening. I don't see the healing. I don't see the breakthrough. I don't see God move. Just because I don't see it happening never means that nothing is taking place. The key is our faith in all of this. There has to be a root before the shoot. And God is doing something inside of you. Oh, you just want the result. But if you just got the result, you wouldn't be the person to handle the result. God is changing you as a person through the struggle, through the opposition, through the denial as we label it as. But God says it's a process that I'm building you, changing you, transforming you so you can be everything that you want the most. Why? Because when do we seek God the most? Do we seek him at the need or the answer? At the need. The Bible says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, earnestly seek him. That's when we're at our closest. Come on, you've perhaps never been closer to God since that doctor gave you that report. You've never been closer to God since your child ran away and is not living for God. You've never been closer. Why? Because we can say, God, just bring him back and heal him. And God says, just let me handle that. Trust me with that. But there's something that's happening right now that you can't skip beyond because it's so invaluable for your life. Because that's the process. Come on. Spending time with God is never wasted. David, anointed king, goes back to the wilderness, but he's in the wilderness with God. It's in the wilderness that God calls him. And now he is what? Appointed to be king. He could say this is wasted time. It's never wasted time when God is doing something inside of you. Back to our original scripture. You ready? James 5. Next two verses said this. And Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. That was a prayer. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth produced its fruit. And two verses there, there's a lot that's summed up. A lot is happening in those two verses, details of the process that I think we need to see and we need to understand and we need to accept today. So we're going to go back to 1 Kings 18. We're going to look at that story just really quickly. We're going to begin in verse 41 and we're going to read 1 Kings eighteen forty-one. It says this, then Elijah said to Ahab, get up, eat and drink for there is a sound of of the abundance of rain. God had told him to speak and the rain had ceased. God now says there's a new word that I want to come out of your mouth and you tell them I'm about to do something. Come on, we've got to have a word from God in our lives. Uh, Let me say that again. You've got to have a word from God in your life because that's the only thing that's going to see you through the process. I'm going to say that again. You've got to have a word because that's the only thing that's going to take you through the process process. Your word is a light to my feet and a lamp unto my path when I don't know where to go and how to go. I'm in the process. I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, but I don't have to fear because God, you're with me. Your word is that which I need to bring me out. Come on. You need the word of God inside of your life. It's not just reading the word every day. you got to get the word inside of your life. You need a word from God. You don't need a healing today. You need a word from God. You need a word from God. I know many years ago, and I'm struggling. I'm going through a divorce, and I'm seeing my kids being ripped and torn. And I'm crying out to God, and I said, God, I need something from you. And coming back from Georgia, tears streaming down my face. God gave me a word, and God said, I'm going to keep your kids. I'm going to keep your kids. And God has been faithful and is faithful in that. God has kept them. Oh, there's one that's working on her testimony right now. But God is coming back because God has spoken spoken that word into my heart and I'm not going to let it go. You need to read the word every day. But listen, don't just read the Bible to read it. Read the word so it can read you. Read it to read your life. Grab a hold and say, God, I need something from your word. I need it to speak into my life. I need it to speak into my circumstance, situation. Get a verse for wherever you're at in life. Elijah had a word of God and he stood up and said, things are getting ready to change. Verse 42, and Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went to the top of Mount Carmel. And he bowed down to the ground and he put his face between his knees. A prayerful posture. And he's ready for God to answer his prayer. And verse 43, and he sends his servant and he says, go up now, look towards the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There's nothing. Well, hold on a second, God. I got a word from you. I know what you spoke. I've prayed. I've gone to church. I've paid my tithes. I'm doing everything that's right to do. There's nothing. There's nothing. Let me give you four points. Ready? Number one. Nothing doesn't mean nothing. (laughs) You like that one? That's a good one, huh? Nothing doesn't mean nothing. Nothing to you can be something to God. But nothing's happening. You see, so many of us are bound and determined by what we see just happening around us. And that can be nothing, zilch, nada, zero, nothing taking place. Oh God, are you even listening to me? But if we read on in that verse, it says, And seven times he said to his servant, Go again. Go again. Go back and look again. I, I, I just want to tell you today. I, listen, I would just be amiss as a pastor if I said to you, Just pray and God's going to take care of everything. Can he do that? Yes. But what God is desiring to do more than the result of your life is He wants to change your life in the process. He wants to build your... Because it's a walk of faith that we're in. We need faith to be built inside of each and every one of our lives. So what have I got to do? I've got to refuse to be denied. It's maybe not happened as I want, but I'm going to go back again. I've got to keep believing, even when it appears that nothing is happening. Because I've got to remember what appears to me is different to what appears to God. Because I'm seeing the result that I want where God's seeing the process of what He wants and what He wants to do. Even if you die sick, huh, make sure you die praising God. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Miss Alexis did that. My grandmother's sister didn't. live for God and died on her deathbed cursing God because God did not heal her. You've got to get his word alive inside of you. Listen to me, God seldom answers the first time. Why? Because he's process driven, not because he's result driven. But you know why too? Because he enjoys that time with you. He's interested in you. He has your attention and now he can grow and develop you because now you're asking him for that where other times you're just outliving however which way you want. So what do we know about faith? Here's the second thing. So number one, nothing doesn't mean nothing. Number two, and that is this. Are you ready? Faith continues regardless. What does that mean? Faith continues regardless. That's got to be my stance. That's going to be my prayer. That no matter what I don't see or don't think is happening, my faith still must continue. I must keep trusting God regardless of what I see. That's the walk of faith. I've got to trust God. In verse 44, And then it came to pass the seventh time that his servant said to him, There's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. What is he saying? It's not much. But turn to your neighbor and say, Something's happening. Something is happening. And Elijah, that's all Elijah needed because Elijah said, Go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Elijah could have given up so easily, like you and I do. Don't give up. Don't give up. Well, I'm not seeing the result. You're in the process that's going to produce the result. Come on. Don't give up. Don't give up. Point number three don't throw away your confidence. We've got a scripture for that, Hebrews 10, 35 through 37. The NIV says this, So do not throw away your confidence, it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so when you have done the will of God. You know what the will of God is? Trusting God in every circumstance. Believe in Him in every circumstance, no matter what. God, I'm trusting you that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. Come on, here's a word for you right now. For just a little while for in just a little while, he who has come and will come, and he will not delay. You see, the problem is our little while is different to his little while. The Bible tells us that to God, a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as a day. So when God says just a moment, it can be a little bit longer, but the promise is it's going to come. If we stay in the process, turn to your neighbor and say, stay in the process. Got to end this message back to the story. So three and a half years has gone by and rain has come. Heaven's rain came when Elijah continued to pray and stayed in the process. But there's one more thing, two more verses. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and the wind. And there was such a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord, verse 46, came upon Elijah. He girded up his loins. In other words, he grabbed his robe and he pulled it up so he could get his legs exposed so he could run. He lifted up his robe and he was ready to run. And the Bible says that he ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. That is inhumanly possible for a man with his two legs to outrun a chariot with horses, but God's hand came upon him. That's supernatural and not natural. Why? Because here's how God always ends the story. Point number four. Are you ready? God desires to go beyond to do more than you even expect. Don't limit God by your prayer for what you think should be the result. Stay in the process and let God produce the result because God wants to do the word of God says immeasurably more than we could even ever ask or think. God produces a grand finale and it's going to be the same for your story because God wants to do more than you think. Why? Because you stay in the process. He changes you And in changing you, there's a greater outcome that will come. You see, there's two types of people, Rob. There's those who are journey people and those who are destination. Huh? I'm a destination person. I'm more of a journey person the older I get. But it used to be get in the car. I don't care what we passed. We're going there. And if we don't watch, we can get so caught up in the destinations that we fail to realize God is a God of the journey. And there's sights and things that God wants to bring upon our lives. And for us to see that when we arrive, we're going to arrive different. And what happens along the journey? Companionship. There's a new closeness that we have in God. Because if anyone's ever gone through a trial and you've proved God on the other side, you have come out on the other side with a new understanding and a new love for God that you never had before. And you can turn around on the other side and say, thank you, God. It was worth it all because of what's." it's hard to do that during the storm. But on the other side of the storm, you can look back and say, God, you didn't just do it, but you really did it. You did it in the way that only you can do. So what am I saying today? Look at this. Your healing is important, but it's not the most important. The process is the point. Because God wants to build your faith. God wants to build your walk and your relationship with Him. God wants to use our situations to work something greater within us. Does He heal? Yes. Is He the healer? Yes. In His way or our way? His way. But it's always the best way. Why? Because He sees the end from our beginning. We just see the beginning or where we're at. God sees the final result and then He works backwards from there. You see, the gift of healing is perhaps greater than we realize because it's more than just a moment, but it's eternity. Don't be disappointed today when you don't see the results. Go back again and again and again. Stay in the process. Because I'm telling you right now, something powerful has taken place. That's taken place inside of you that you will never be the same again. Would you just bow your heads wherever you're at right now?
1: We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At HeartSeas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp.hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.